Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Justin the Food Entrepreneur's Podcast. I'm Justin Bizarro. I'm your host. That's B-I-Z-Z-A-R-R-O. And today with us, Austin Chipman of Gambinos. How are you doing today, Austin? I'm good, Justin. How are you? I'm doing very well, thank you. So I had the privilege of stopping by your restaurant the other night and and tasting your food and the meatballs, and I and I love this concept. And I I won't explain it, but I think, you know, it's it's not easy to get just spaghetti and meatballs unless you go to a, a fine dining restaurant anymore or like a and so tell me about your concept. Tell me about how you became a food entrepreneur. Um, are you an entrepreneur in general and sort of your background? So I'm going to give you the mic. I'm going to let you just wind it out here because I feel like there's a lot there and then I'll sort of ask questions as I have them. Yeah. Um, so definitely an entrepreneur. Um, I've got a, you know, a bike shop in Denver. I ran for about eight years. Um, as far as Gambino's goes, um, my partner, Brady Osterman, um, he kind of showed me or kind of lightly, um, introduced me to, you know, kind of our concept, um, a couple of years ago. And this was like right during COVID. I think it had just prior to COVID, um, kind of like introduced it to me. We kind of thought about it and then, you know, COVID happened and just put the biggest damper on it. We're like, yeah, there's no way we can, you know, think about opening up a, you know, food establishment right now. Um, and so after COVID kind of settled down, um, we just kind of like touched base on it again, like, Hey, you know, um, you know, takeout is getting or you know, COVID in general, like really, introduced takeout to the world i feel like yeah. um so you know dining obviously wasn't allowed or is popular and so we're like yeah this is this could be like the ultimate time um to launch this concept and so yeah the whole idea um you know we found uh, like a really efficient way to basically we can kind of prep portions of spaghetti and pasta um and they you know can essentially save them um, or hold them without going bad for, you know, up to almost 48 hours. Um, the cool thing is like all of our pasta, I mean, it, nothing, anything prepped doesn't stay in the fridge for more than, gosh, I don't know, three, four hours. Um, but uh, yeah, anyway, so we kind of figure out a way to basically prep pasta. Um, and then with the ability to prep it, we can, basically trim down the cooking you know the final cooking process to about like 15 to 30 seconds um where generally you know if someone you know wanted to make some spaghetti you know they're you're talking you know you got to boil water um throw the pasta and you know it's anywhere from eight to 11 minutes just to you know cook some pasta to get it right around al dente um and so with this concept um we're able to basically you know after you know spending the time to prep pasta we're able to you know basically whip up you know a half pound to three pounds of sorry to cut you off austin but i'm i'm curious like is your partner um a chef by nature or are you a chef by nature or did you guys come from a culinary background how did you guys develop the concept um i'm just curious yeah um you know the concept was kind of picked up on uh, another business another restaurant or kind of another takeout restaurant doing something really similar um i'm not going to say who they are they are not in the state of colorado um my business partner's father um he has ran and runs a couple of sushi restaurants um he was technically the one who originally picked up on it and kind of pitched it to brady um you know, then it trickled down to me and Brady, so forth. Um, neither of us have ever worked in a kitchen. Um, we both love food, <laughs> um, to say the least. Um, but yeah, you know, we, I, I've worked in the service industry before I've served. Um, I think he has as well. Um, you know, honestly, it was just, you know, we're, I guess the entrepreneurial mindset, we're like, yo, this is really cool. Um, you know, the fact that it's takeout, it's pretty quick and easy. Um, our entire kitchen, we don't have a single bit of open flame. Um, we're literally, we just have a big steam oven. Um, and so yeah, we're not deep frying anything. So in the 
you know, as far as an entrepreneur, you know, analyzing, you know, business plan, stuff like that, the whole setup was like, yo, this is going to be way more affordable than, you know, setting up a, you know, a kitchen for absolutely 90% of businesses these days. Um, so we're like, okay, that's, you know, that's, that makes this whole, you know, finance, this whole idea like financially, um, really attractive. And then, um, yeah, we're like, yeah, we're not going to do dine-in, so we're not dealing with tons of dishes. We don't have servers, you know, you can have one, one to two people run this place at a time, you know, really just one person. Um, we have like an overlapping shift in the evenings where the guy who opens, um, you know, he's working there. The guy who closes, he comes in, they both kind of hammer out the busy kind of rush hours. And then it's just back to the closing shift guy. Um, and we've personally like Brady and I, I mean, we, when we were launching it and, you know, opening it, we were in there a ton and, you know, we discovered, you know, even with a ton of volume, like how efficient and simple our kitchen is. I mean, one person can really just hammer out some orders. Um, and so that's, you know, we, we talked about the idea, like we started looking into it um, and just everything about it really just seemed really attractive. You know, I've definitely had the idea of, oh, I'd love to open a bar up, you know, in the in the in the past. And then, I mean, you just look into it and it's just, you know, nightmare after nightmare, um, you know, getting licenses, you know, this and that. And so, um, you know, everything about this just seems super attractive and um you know, we originally were going to work with this other concept, um, you know, kind of who originally had this concept and we were going to work with them and they, uh, they were asking a lot of money for just a licensing fee. Um, their branding was horrible. Um, just seemed like the whole, you know, how they were, um, you know, representing their their company just didn't seem very attractive or catchy for you know like this is something new this should be you know bold and um modern you know for the most part and uh we were like yeah let's let's just do this on our own um you know obviously we're gonna have to you know do a lot of learning ourselves without having you know the the business model and business plan from this one guy um or this one business so we, uh, yeah, just kind of, we finally agreed on it. We're like, yeah, let's go 50-50 on everything, time, money put into this thing. Um, and that's what we did. Uh, when we first leased our space, um, we had originally, like, negotiated four months of free rent, um, thinking that was going to be enough time to build this place out. And um, so we got that. We, you know, negotiated some, like, tenant improvements and um to be you know tossed in with the lease signing and then um yeah so let me understand um austin so you don't have recipes you guys are you're figuring it out you have the four months you're going into your space so i mean did you develop recipes i mean you're sort of like okay we're committing to this you you don't have help from someone else. Um, maybe you guys have recipes from parents or something or relatives. I'm not sure or your own, but we, I, yeah. go yeah. ahead. Yeah. Sorry. Um, we, so we do have recipes. Um, we, I don't really want to get into too much detail. You know, they are somewhat like secret recipes. Um, so, but yes, we, we knew of some recipes that we would be able to like recreate um, and recreate them, you know, somewhat cost effectively um, in order to be able to sell. Like, again, the whole concept is focused around, um, you know, selling something quick and, you know, tasty and affordable, um, which is really hard to find. You know, if you go to an Italian restaurant, you're spending $20, $25 like per plate. Um, you know, per person that's like eating and, you know, we were able to, you know, basically make this whole concept, um, or, you know, build it around, you know, you can feed a family, you know, you can come in and get the great camp, you know, it's our biggest bucket of spaghetti. It's one and a half pounds of spaghetti. Um, you know, it comes with a half loaf of garlic bread. We were able to offer that, you know, I think it's right now we have a price at like eighteen ninety nine. that like option will feed, you know, three to four people. So, um, we we have recipes um you know our meatballs are as as you kind of mentioned are just delicious um so yeah um with that being said um i've definitely we don't have any 
Italian, you know, ancestors or grandparents that we've like gotten any recipes from, but we did, you know, catch wind of some really delicious, um, you know, tasty, um, and, you know, somewhat cost effective recipes. And that is, you know, what we're using currently. Well, and so, I, I think that as an, I am Italian, and I think that was the point in the first place. They were always simple and from scratch as much as possible and limited number of ingredients. I think, you know, yeah. it's more of the the chef celebrity things that we've complicated recipes or we write cookbooks and these recipes to try to make things better and we just layer over layer them with spices and ingredients when things are right. made to be simple. So there's some of... That I'm yeah, hearing sure. here because in order to scale something and do it simply, you have to have a limited number of ingredients to limit the number of things that can go wrong. One hundred um, Yeah, like our our sauce. Um, again, I don't try to want to hone in too much detail. Um, our sauce, you know, we are using like three different blends of uh, three different. They're they're canned red sauces. They're it's all organic. Um, you know, it's all fresh. It's all you know made with you know top the line premium you know tomatoes this and that by all means we don't have you know a 50 gallon drum in the back sitting over you know a stove where you know someone just sitting there adding a little bit of this stirring it all day um you know obviously you've got um you know you watch any italian movie and you know go they go into the kitchen and there's you know some grandma just you know whipping up some some red sauce um so how'd you come up with the name Austin, you you know you come up with the concept. You're building it out. You talked about how all you guys came in and and got it off the ground, and, and you made the reference to four months. But you had to come up with a name. I know you have stickers already. You have buckets that have your logos on it. So you went very quickly to make sure your branding and stuff was out there. But how did you come up with the brand, and then followed up with all the steps to brand it? Yeah, you know the it's kind of. <laughs> So we, you know, we were like, yeah, we're going to open up an Italian, you know, restaurant or, you know, it's somewhat an Italian restaurant. We're like, okay, we got to do like have our name be, you know, somewhat Italian. Um, Brandy and I literally sat down, we got some coffee um, and we just went on, I don't know, we went on some, you know, like thesaurus.com and just went on some slang websites or whatever, just for, you know, texts and phrases that were Italian, you know, and um started diving into it and you know eventually we you know stumbled upon you know the word gambino um and it's we were like like yo this is kind of cool um you know part of us were like yo you know this is you know are we going to be scratching the surface of you know you know obviously the gambino like crime old mobster like crime family and we're like yo is this uh you know do we need to be careful like using this name um and we like looked into it a little more and we're just like, you know, the, the Gambino crime family, you know, they were said and done with, um, gosh, you know, about a hundred years ago, maybe less than a hundred years ago. Um, anyways, um, you know, so we were like, cool, let's do this. Um, and I guess just a quick jump forward. It's funny. We, upon opening, we had, um, an Italian lady came in. She's like, yo, this is awesome. I run like, an italian restaurant and have for like 20 years and she's like i'm pure italian this and that and we asked her we're like hey you know are we we're we gonna do we gotta worry about some you know gambino uh modern like crime mob guys coming in here asking for you know their cut because we're using their name and she was like oh honey you know the italians lost power you know years ago um we thought that was super cool or you know kind of funny um a little weight off our shoulders i guess um, and then there was another customer that came in and he, he came in and didn't order any food. He just wanted a t-shirt and we were like, okay, you know, that's super cool. And, yeah. um, grabs a t-shirt and then when he's paying, he kind of like held his, you know, credit card up and it was just like, yeah, take a look at the name. And, uh, this gentleman, his last name was Gambino. Um, and it was super funny. Um, that's awesome. Yeah, so we're like, yo, this is crazy, and this guy wasn't even related to, you know, the Gambino crime family um, in any way, and just, um, it was just kind of funny how it all played out, so anyways, we're making a name, and we're kind of looking back at, uh, you know, you got Chiba Hut, they're kind of focused around this, you know, this kind of, you know, 
stoner, you know, pothead image. They they name all their, you know, their sandwiches based yeah. off of like weed strains, stuff like that. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah. So we're like, somehow that idea kind of gave us the idea, like, oh, you know, maybe we should kind of tailor, you know, our, you know, our we structure ours and kind of brand ours to, you know, being somewhat kind of, you know, we got like the Tommy Gun sub on there, um, you know, and uh, we're like, yeah, we could totally make some cool like old mafia chef, you know, shirts. Like we're we're, we're gonna get these like um, you know employee shirts that are like they're kind of like t-shirts, but they got like tuxedo, yeah, um, print on the front. And we're just kind of like, yo, that's this is a great way to you know kind of brand this. Um, you know, you walk inside, we got you know a bunch of you know there's like pictures of Capone, and you know there's the Gambino crime family like death certificates and time you know their um, you know their life timelines and whatnot and uh we're like man this is so cool we got like the last the last supper picture in there you know and we're like man this is and it all just started like kind of tumbling in together um as like you know this is just gonna be so good for branding um and, you know it's gonna be really cool today we uh i just took um the Godfather. I don't know if you're familiar with kind of the Godfather. It's like got the puppet strings yeah. above the Godfather. You know the main text for it. And we're like, oh my gosh! So this is just you know again, um, just how it's all just been super fun and cool. Um, we like took the font, recreated it, and now we're probably gonna make some stickers that kind of look like the Godfather stickers, except it's gonna say the Gambinos, you know, um, and you know similar text again. Just just throwing stuff out there of how it's just been you know super fun and playful and cool and again this all being focused around you know, no one's really done something like this um so it's you know sad as sad as it is to say you know we're not a purebred italians um you know we're um you know we did kind of get this idea from someone else um we have you know we've tried to restructure it and rebrand it as much as possible so that it is truly you know somewhat of a new concept new idea so yeah. that's what we've done um you know we're two months in it's it's been great i guess shooting back to the four month lease sign um it took us one year to finally get our approval from the health department before we could you know finally sell food and get our you know our license so it was pretty pretty frustrating um you know i've never was that because of COVID, or is that because it, you guys kept getting dings and having to go back? It was uh, it was basically a combination of we kind of technically myself kind of took on the role of being like our GC. Um, you know, we had a budget in mind as we we're going into this. We we were like, oh, you know, we can just kind of drop how our kitchen's gonna be, where equipment's gonna be. This is after we signed the lease, and then you know we go to submit stuff, and they're like, "Oh, you need you need a stamped, you know, uh, like an architectural drawing. It needs to be stamped by an engineer, and then it needs to be approved by the city of Littleton." Um, we're like, "Holy smokes!" So, you know, there's 10, 10, 15 grand out of our you know budget we didn't think we were going to spend, and then you know as we're going into this, the city of Littleton's like, "Oh yeah, well I need you know we need a licensed GC. Um, all your contractors need to be licensed city of Littleton." So then it's like, okay, we had to go find you know a you know a, somewhat of a friend who was a GC who's going to kind of like foresee our work. Not really, you know, he's going to kind of you know ba basically show us how it's done, and he was willing to you know basically be our GC. So all the underground, you know, GC work was done by us. And again, this was just to save money. Um, you know, most GCs would want 15 to 20 grand to GC, you know, uh, you know, set up or construction like that. And again, this is going off of this place used to be a massage parlor. So selling food out of it, it was 100% change of use. So everything from, you know, I'm, I'm not surprised they wanted to see floor, you know, carpet removal plans <laughs> to see how we were going to tear carpet out before, you know, we were able to get in anything. So we're going through this. We're like, okay, we need all these plans. You know, this took probably three weeks a month before we even got our official stamped plans. Then we sent it to the city of Littleton and they're like, hey, you know, you can't technically do this because of this. And then we're like, okay, we got to get them revised. And and we're at like six weeks in, you know, going on two months. And then we finally start breaking ground. And then 
we got to cut a bunch of underground plumbing. We do this. We get the plumbing laid. The inspector comes in and goes like, oh, you know, your um, your plans say this is, um, I can't remember. It wasn't PVC. Um, different schedule, basically, PVC piping. And he's like, well, your yeah. plans say it's this. And he's like, the stuff you use is actually, you know, like better, you know, higher quality. But since your plans say it's this, um, you either have to tear it out and redo it all and this you know material or this type of piping or you have to go back get it redrawn re-stamped and then re-approved by the city um so it's like okay well we're not going to spend you know five ten grand tearing it all out putting new stuff in so we're just gonna you know get it um re-approved which you know it doesn't cost much but technically in this sense you know our time is money because after we you know go through four months of this we have to start paying rent so there's two weeks in and it was just every step of the way, you know, we would have one city inspector who would come in like, no, this drywall screw is in, the, is in the wrong spot. You guys can't do this. And we would have other inspectors come in and be like, oh, yeah, you know, this looks good. You know, just make sure you, you know, you, you know, tune this up or adjust this for like, you know, your final and you guys are totally good. So it was just battling with that. You know, the city of Littleton, there's like one or two people working on in like the business approval department. So it's like, I can only imagine, you know, how many drawings and this and that they have to look through daily. And um, so it was just, yeah, it was definitely, a you know, trickling off of COVID. You know, it was hard to find, you know, workers. It was hard to find people that did good work. You know, we wouldn't have plans drawn up. And then, you know, the electrician would come in and wire some stuff up. And then the we were like, okay, cool. You know, and granted, we should probably have, you know, triple checked where stuff was this and that and then you know the specter comes in like oh well this outlet's you know six inches higher than what it showed the plans and then we're like talking to an electrician you're like yo what the what the heck why is this not done exactly to the plans you know um he's like oh well you know most city inspectors wouldn't care if it's you know in this spot instead of this spot um and we're like, yeah, well, they do, and now we're dealing with it. And uh, so it was literally just that one thing after another. Um, and anyways, you know, one year later, it was literally 364 days. Um, it was a year minus a day that we, when we signed our lease, that we were able to officially open, open Gambinos. So anyways, <laughs> we got it open. We struggled through it. Um, and again, you know, we we're pretty confident, you know, obviously this whole concept wants to, we want to replicate it and, you know, put these freaking, you know, all over the gosh darn state, you know, maybe the country, who knows. Um, obviously that's kind of the long-term goal of this. Um, I don't know if we really want to franchise it. We would love to just, you know, sell private licenses and, um, you know, get this, you know, obviously, you know, more of these to marry. Um, so, yeah with that um yeah <laughs> so tell me so help me with this so how long how long have you guys been open since um since you yeah we're going on i think it's uh the end of this month will be three months wow okay so and it's obvious been quite busy because i saw at least when i was in there there was definitely orders coming in and we're waiting you know getting there not a real wait just because it was faster than normal but a little right. bit more than normal because the bread and stuff like that. So it's interesting with three months I've already or seen it. I know other people around me, some people have talked about it. So, um, yeah, um, it's dude, it's been, it's been so awesome. We, you know, after a month we were kind of where we were as far as volume and sales, where we thought we were kind of shooting to be after about six months. Um, what was a hard transition was kind of month two is when, you know, we have me and Brady have a huge, you know, local network here, friends, family, um, we're very active in all these different, you know, scenes and car scenes, motorcycle scenes, you know, so we know a lot of people, um, obviously we had a ton of support during like the first month. Um, the first month we didn't have any of these like delivery apps going we're like, yeah, let's yeah. just get some traffic in here. Then as the foot traffic kind of slowed down, you know, the big, the hypes, you know, slowed down a little bit. We started getting on these delivery apps and let me tell you, these delivery apps are great, but they, I mean, they, they take you for, uh, it's, it's crazy. We, 
you'll do just a, you know, a rough idea. Like we'll do say a thousand in sales from one app in a week. We get paid about 550 or 600 of that. So 40% of that of our total sales, which is pretty much our entire margin, um, you know, depending on the items and, um, is going towards the, the delivery fee, the marketing fee, this and that. Um, so, and we've known that we knew that going into it. Um, right now our goal is to take advantage of that kind of marketing. Um, and basically instead of, you know, where you're paying for marketing and other, um, you know, other options and, you know, you, you may or may not see, you know, sales coming back from it. Um, this is like a direct, you know, correlation like, oh, wow, we were getting orders. Obviously they're marketing our products. Um, so, you know, clearly this is working. And so our idea is basically, you know, run these apps on high marketing options for, you know, two, three, four months, um, you know, as long as we can. And basically to help spread the word, um, market, essentially market for us, we can, we do have the option to eventually basically drop all marketing fees to where we're just, you know, we're just an option on these delivery apps. But the only way someone's going to stumble upon us is if they basically search for us. So that's kind of our goal because man, these, you know, we'll be sitting here pumping orders out every day, um, for these apps. And then we're just getting these just tiny little, you know, <laughs> deposits from these companies. And it's, it hurts, but it's, we know it's, you know, it's something, you know, we're, it's cool too. Cause as we, you know, we have all this volume, we're learning news, you know, a little more efficient ways to, you know, you know, spread the garlic on the bread so it doesn't burn the edges you know or it's just you we're we're learning something new every day the last month we've been training employees which is something i've never done before in my life um it's been good we've had uh you know obviously you run into people that you think are good you give them a shot and they just kind of blow it um and you know this and that so it's all this everything is new to us um yeah we're we're doing great though like me and brady we're we're awesome about just like yo and one of us we both have kind of assigned tasks and roles i handle a lot of the back end stuff brady does a lot of um you know the kind of the front end um runs inventory stuff like that i'm on these apps updating stuff you know i'm running social media you know this and that so we're really good about oh hey you know i'm getting overwhelmed with this can you help out of course bro i'm here and you know it goes vice versa so we've been um, it's been really good. Brady's been an awesome partner. Um, I know we've, we've been friends for years and a lot of people are like, Oh, you gotta be careful, you know, starting a business with your friend. You guys might not be friends yeah. after all said and done. And we, we talked really heavily about that when we got into this, we're like, yeah, we, if we're going to do this together, like we got to make sure we're keeping each other, you know, um, on a friend basis, you know, before anything. Um, and well, and if you're true good. friends, that's transparency, honesty, and respect, right? Which should exactly. be your business partnership, right? So yeah, and we can. We've there's been times where I'm like, yo, dude, like, what the fuck? Why? Sorry, part of my language. Um, what the heck's going on? It's all good. So we we've been very transparent when like someone's, you know, either either someone's pulling extra weight and it's like, Hey, can you maybe take some of this weight off my, you know, my shoulders or, you know, and vice versa. So that's in, I guess it's with relationships with friendships, whatever, you know, it's when you, you're not transparent and then you, you kind of hold it in for too long. Yeah. It resentment it explodes, you know, yeah, and the resentment. Yeah. You're, you're, you're saying stuff you, you know, you'd probably never say or wish you did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So There's that, uh, of course. Hey, yeah. but let me let me get into one thing here. I want to talk to you about yeah. this because I I'm part of the podcast. Well, I and the audience too, if they're listening. Like, I agree with you on the delivery and the delivery apps. The the huge opportunity there is that they expand your brand, right? You can get everyone. It's marketing. People go looking for McDonald's, Gambino's pops up, you know, this might be an option. Okay. And then you got to pay for free delivery because you want to incentivize people to get the delivery, so on and so forth. Yeah. But I will tell you this, and I've been looking at this industry for about eight, nine years, like as an avenue, like this thing is really matter, but is the delivery business you know, a good option. Like, I, cause I agree. It's like money and do the drivers actually make money and all this stuff. So, 
since COVID and what it's done, it's sort of shot it out of a cannon. So everyone's on it. So I agree now everyone has access to it. You got to pay fees for the marketing within it to get out there. But there's the thing that no one's doing, at least no one being that 99% of the people, but there are these 1% people in different cities all over America and even the world right now that there's the entrepreneurs like yourself that are giving this extra entertainment value whatever it is to not only the driver but i mean not only the client but some way the drivers also that like the drivers talk about your restaurant and you know there's that how does that happen and then there's the um which is word of mouth if you get the drivers talking because they're seeing so many restaurants everyone's going to trust a driver because how many restaurants do they see or delivery or a dasher or uber eater or whatever they're called but here's the thing also is that everyone is so focused on the food and getting it out the door that's number one but number two is no one thinks about what happens after they eat the food or what is it that is delivered afterwards or are they followed up on how was your meal you know there's no like it's just delivered and so you know part of the way to differentiate yourself and make your spaghetti different than anyone else's spaghetti in my opinion is that extra level of customer service and i see it in the apps and the people that i've worked with or the consulting or even in my own case when i've used it is that if you deliver a little bit of service on afterwards and remind people or you know they're done eating and there's like an extra snack in there or a thank you card or whatever it is that's personalized like very personalized it's like this nail home to them and it helps with that transition much faster, you know, no, but everyone's going to hear me and be like, Oh, I don't have time. And I don't want to play employees to write cards when they're going to make food. And what <laughs> if there's cross contamination? And I'm like, Oh, if you all guys only understood, you could pay a person an hourly wage during your peak hours, just during that time to write thank yous in your yeah. thing. And it would make your money back tenfold for your just restaurant. Very- yeah, you are, you're hitting it on the head, man. Um, you know, obviously, you know, Brady and I, we're, we're, we're <laughs> let's say we're some cool kids. We're super friendly. Um, any, you know, I'd say 99% of the people that walk into our store, you know, I hope in for the most part, um, they have an awesome experience and we we're really confident that they're going to be coming back. The delivery apps, you were so right. Like there is no, interaction really um and one thing we've been doing is uh like we made like you know came up with this idea of these little their their business card coupon stickers um it's basically it's twice the size of like a business card it you know it says our address on it, it says our name on it it says um there's a basically a coupon text font in it. it says you know yo bring this back in um, you get a free half loaf of garlic bread if you spend more than 10 bucks or something. And then on top of that, this is all printed on a piece of vinyl, like adhesive with a paper backing. So within this little business card, um, there's stickers. So, you know, if they don't want to, if they don't end up coming back and, you know, using the coupon because they like these delivery apps, um, we're at least sending a few cool little Gambino stickers they can stick on their fridge, stick on their water bottle and, you know, um, part of kind of what you were touching on there. Like we're trying to get a little more personal, like, Hey, you know, we care about your business. Like here's some, you know, here's some cool stickers, here's some coupons, to, you know, hopefully bring you back walking in the door and you can have a little better experience. Um, yeah. It's the delivery app stuff is, it's just crazy, man. We've, I don't know if you've used them much. They, I mean, there's, it's like, the customers using them, I mean, they, some of them don't even like there's, there's options. I mean, there's, you can click zero delivery fee options and then you, all you're paying is like two or three bucks for, you know, you could order $30 of food. So, I mean, the customers, I mean, they're honestly the ones getting, you know, the best end of the deal. We've spoken with delivery drivers and they're like, yeah, you know, we, um, this one guy, he was complaining about not getting some tips that he like thought he was getting. And so we had his friend, order some food he made the delivery his friend was like yeah i'm gonna tip you twelve dollars and then the he only ended up getting six dollars of it and he was doing this to just kind of reassure what he thought was going on and so it's like the delivery apps they're 
They're taken from the drivers. They're taken from us. They're not doing a single gosh darn thing. Um, and again, this could just open up another, you know, conversation about that industry. But yeah, it's it's hard, man. You know, we obviously we would love to get this, you know, to the point where we don't even have to freaking use these apps. Um, granted, it's it's pretty pretty difficult being a small new restaurant to just have like a, you know a delivery driver hanging out waiting. Now, especially now that all these apps are so convenient, there's already drivers yeah. out. So. Um, well, and there's, our, a, and there's a few things, and I, I like this because everyone talks about food inflation and what's going on right now. And while there is inflation food and supply chain, I do agree. But there's also this weird skewing of food that has just happened because now we have this weird delivery cost on it. You're delivering, people deliver their groceries, they deliver their restaurant food, they deliver everything. Yeah, so that. you have these fees and these tips that are in there. And I agree with you on. I don't think the drivers get all the tips. I don't know for sure, but I'm pretty sure that in the model, there there's a cap, right? Like they're yeah. telling you you're only going to make 25 to $29 an hour or so unless exactly. you're hitting some promos, unless you're hitting those a top driver that they yeah. have and all those bonuses, you're stuck in that zone. And so I would agree that most likely – it's somewhat regulated, which sucks because if you were getting cash tips, that wouldn't be the case, right? You keep the tips, right. you know, they're, they get their percentage for the, the convenience fee and you get your, you get a part of whatever your base pay for delivering the thing. So I agree. Um, yeah. One other thing that you mentioned that I wanted to talk about is um, with the stickers and stuff, I think, it's leaving an impression you're giving something you're not giving away free food okay because that would be like oh i'm giving away free food um then people aren't going to appreciate the value of my food or the prices i have you're the giving away something lasts, yeah the food's only gonna last you know as long as they eat it and you know yeah. if they had a good or bad experience you know they're gonna probably forget about it by the next day you know um the stickers you know we're hoping those stickers will um you know they can last a little bit longer i know um and my other business we you know we deal with a lot of you know the younger generation and i i make sure there are little sticker slaps in here at all times <laughs> yeah no kidding you know kids will come in and the, you know a lot of them first thing where's their free sticker box you know and it's just keeps them stoked it's you know again you know the stickers do cost a little bit of money um you know hopefully you know ideally those are you know placed and used as you know a little touch of you know marketing to kind of um you know bring you know re-bring up your your brand somewhere down the the line and kind of keep your brand or your business in you know and as an idea or an option for you know whatever customer you had or you know something like that so <laughs> I believe me, your sticker is on our gym fridge and our in our garage because we have a CrossFit oh, gym in our garage. So you know, um, hard work pays in spaghetti is basically what I'm thinking about. You know, after this, but or meatballs, however you want to look at it. But it's yeah, oh for sure. <laughs> as we start wrapping this up, Austin, um, I mean, is there anything you want to share with the audience that you learned or you feel you guys learned that you wish you would have known a year and three months ago that you know now? Um, or anything that you feel truly you could pass on to someone that's listening in? Um, you know, um, yeah, 100%. The, there's, there are so many things that we wish we would have known ahead of time going into this. But honestly, it's like a lot of those things you you will not know until you, you know, you're not going to know how cold the water is until you go and jump in it, you know, or put your foot in it, whatever. Um, and it's like you, I feel like maybe – entrepreneurs or you know people starting businesses or thinking about starting businesses they just start you know they they slightly you know they start looking at it they start looking at the water and then they're like oh you know that you know that they they get overwhelmed by all this stuff and it's like you know you just dive into it you know one step at a time they're no matter what you do you're going to run into stuff that you know you wish you would have known and then you know a lot of that stuff there there is no preparation or you know to to know the only way to know is to dive in and do it um and yeah just take it you know one step at a time there were i mean there were so many times when we were opening where it was just like what in the heck is going on you know we're going on you know we just passed our four months free rent we're like okay we need to you know get 
get the shit going here. And then we're eight months in. We're like, bro, like, is it ever going to end, you know? And it, and, you know, it eventually did end. And all of a sudden, once we're sitting there and we open our doors for the first day, we're like, whoa, you know, this is, we're, we're here. I, there were so many times I didn't <laughs> think we were going to be here, you know? And it's, it obviously that, you know, like, that success and that that feeling of opening the doors you know you won't know what it's going to feel like and you you know you won't know when you're going to feel it (laughs) how'd you sleep during that time (laughs) yeah it it was you know it was it was a pain in the butt man but back at it it's like we look back at it now and we're like oh my gosh you know now knowing what we went through and what we know now we're you know again we're we're trying to open up more of these we're extremely confident we can do this in you know a fraction the amount of time um that it took us originally you know and honestly you know the only way we could have maybe saved some time in the past was spending a ton of money on you know getting hiring a gc you know we you know drawing up all the plans and stuff at the beginning if we would have had that all done said prior to you know signing our lease then that would have saved us you know two months um but again, it's like, you know, now, now we know all this and uh, we're only a fool if we go into it again and it takes us just as much time. You know, we're not a fool because this was the first go around, you know, it was all new and, uh, you know, we're learning everything. But um, if we go into it again and it takes the same amount of time, we're going to be, you know, smacking our heads in the wall. Well, and so, one of the things that I like I noticed as soon as I walked into your place and I'm like, okay, I need to get them on the podcast. And I don't do that with everywhere I walk in or everything I see. It's usually I hear about them or someone highly recommends someone. And so, you know, I'm like, okay, this is one. And here's why, because like in any other business, if you're in CrossFit, you have gym owners. Okay. But then you have entrepreneurs. Okay. In restaurants, you have restaurateurs and then you have entrepreneurs in in i don't know name another business in blah 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 you have you have a car you have a used car owner sales shop and you have entrepreneurs who own dealerships you know so it's that type of thing that i'm talking about here like you notice it and it's not always a chef that creates a restaurant that is an entrepreneur in the food business you know restaurateurs aren't always chefs either but what I, this show being an entrepreneur show, what attracted me to it is the food's outstanding, okay? But what I knew about it as soon as I tasted in its being outstanding is it was simple, which meant it was simple to produce, which meant I also knew that my order was ready in less than 15 minutes, you know, and I don't live that far away from there. So I'm like, okay, this is, this is, okay, my order's in. I'm, I leave right away. I'm there in eight minutes. They're literally just waiting on my bread. My bread's out. I think it was 11 minutes because I'm like, this is fast. And, and I get it. Everyone says how fast Chick-fil-A is and I get it. Maybe they are. McDonald's is still the fastest of the fastest of the way of simplifying things and keeping things price oriented and whatever and, and, and protecting their margins. They just keep things cheaper. If they, they could charge Chick-fil-A prices and probably make more money, they just don't. But in your case, what you're doing is you're actually protecting the margins. You've created a great quality product. It's priced competitively if I were had to do spaghetti at my home when I factor in my time. Yeah, you know? for and sure. So, and it's, I can see the value as a consumer, not because I'm in the food business, because I'm a, I'm a person who's, I'm an entrepreneur or I'm a, busy person hustling around or whatever hat I'm wearing right then, it's easier for me to do that. And if it's reliable, it's I've got family in town or whatever, it's an easy solution. You know, everyone can eat it. And just you heard it for about with tax for about $45, I just fed eight people, you know, potentially. So, right, exactly. You know, throw some appetizers in there and a dessert in your delivery and stack that thing and every it all comes to you which is a way to lower the prices for anyone who's listening in if you want to know how to not pay so much in a delivery charge here's the hack stack in order put your dog food on there put your groceries on there and put your dinner on there all in one order it may not all come from the same driver but it's the way right now that they eliminate your cost per item so if you're ordering all those things, just do it all at once. 
And right. so, you know, order your dinner, get some bottles of soda with it um, if the store doesn't provide it, or order dessert from somewhere or your groceries for the family for breakfast tomorrow, whatever it is. I don't know, but it's a way to help mediate some of that. So, right. No, for sure, man. <laughs> that's, again, that's, for the yeah, consumer, that's not for the merchant, the merchant. I don't even know. Like the merchant is just like you literally, there's someone entered the relationship bet- between the merchant and the client, like what Amazon did, just, they did it on a delivery level. So, Right. No, exactly. So they own the client and the customer, and you're trying to own the client and the customer. So it's like a jointly owned thing, but at the same time, you also need Uber Eats and DoorDash and Postmates and Grubhub potentially to hit all of their customers. So like, you don't really have exclusivity with one. So it's this crazy world right now. It's almost like the Wild Wild West. But I will tell you, I think... What it is, is it is blue ocean for someone who figures out within all of this, across all of them as a merchant, how do I actually take advantage of all the fish that are in that ocean and like make it a long lasting experience where they're always attracted to my waters. Right, right. Yeah, the the tools are out there, man. And it's just, you know, it's up to, you know, whoever to go out and either learn how to use those tools or, um, you know, just you know, try, try new tools. It's that it's, it's funny. You said we have all these like avenues. We are, our checkout counter by our point of sale system looks like the inside of just like a, you know, uh, stick an airplane. We got one iPad here for this, this, you know, delivery app. We got three different iPads. We got our point of sale system. It's so funny when you're standing in front of it. And it's just, but it's at the same time, it's like, wow, this is, this is cool, man. I mean, we're, we're grabbing customers from all these different platforms. You know, there's no, competition you know um agreements or anything we can use any and all these as much as we want and uh so yeah that's you know that's what we're doing we um you know we we're we're building our ship to you know accommodate that uh that blue water (laughs) yeah i think it's so true that you say that though and anyone who's in food can just laugh about this because if you try to put it through your pos system all of them it's like a mess because you like once Grubhub's in there and you don't know who's who and they're all coming in through your square or your toast or whatever. So you're like on top of the, your already online orders and trying to check out the cash register. Like, what is this? So then you end up with this like cockpit of like anything from like an iPad mini to like an iPad big one. And they're all different sizes, sometimes in different colors. And you're just like, what is going on in here? The kitchen has turned into a place of just... And they've all got to print somehow, and you've got to print them out somewhere. So you have all these labels printing out. And if any consumer wants to see how crazy it is, just go into a restaurant on a Friday night. See yeah. what's going on and see that the orchestrator of the restaurant is now the guy pushing seven different screens behind the counter trying to figure it out. And yeah, the line of delivery crazy. drivers. Right. So, oh, God, yeah. that was a good – I just – I enjoyed it. I've been there. I enjoyed it so much because it just like, and I've been doing this a long time and nothing's like the panic of all of a sudden all of them start lighting up and you have like two orders and three orders on each one pending and you're like, oh my God, this thing works. You know, it it, it can definitely get. And then on top of all that, and then all of a sudden, yeah, you got walk-in customers to be able to talk and, you know, generally a rush for walk-in is the (laughs) rush for, uh, you know, people on apps too. So it's, yeah. It's pretty. It can get. It can get a little hectic for sure. Very cool, man. Austin, you're a cool dude, and you have a cool concept. And I appreciate you, you know, taking the time to go on. And I hope to have you and your both you and your partner on maybe here in the next year again as you guys keep developing your concept and and keep moving forward. We can really dive into it and get his perspective as well. Yeah, yeah, Brady. It's funny, um, I. I haven't even really reached out to Brady about this. I kind of mentioned it. Um, we we both have like full time jobs, you know. And again, this goes back to you know why did this take so long to build out. It's like we're both you know running, working other full time jobs to help fund this, and uh, so our we we rarely we don't even hang out much anymore because it's like yo if I'm if I've got some free time after my other job, it's like I'm you know going and having fun. That generally means you know he's got to go help out at the rush, go check on the place. Um, so we don't, we rarely hang out and get time together, but we'll, um, 
I'm sure we can definitely get some time to, um, you know, get us both on here. And it's funny, he's Brady's definitely he's he's great with talking to people, and he's kind of been the we just always jokes, you know, he's kind of the voice, and um, you know, he's definitely a better. Um, spokesman or you know salesman, sort of say. Um, so yeah, you you would love to you'd love to hear what he's got to say for sure. Cool, thank you very much, and I appreciate you guys. And as we wrap up, where can they find you guys online and on social media? And what's your address in Littleton? Yeah, um, we are at three six two five West Bulls Ave Unit Eight. Um, we're right off uh, just west on Bulls from Santa Fe. Um, we're on Instagram. It's uh, Gambino Spaghetti Littleton. Um, you know, we're definitely on Google and you know Yelp and all that. You can um, you can go on Google and you can place an online order for pickup. Um, you can see the whole menu um, uh, literally through Google. You don't have to use the apps. Obviously, as we've chatted about, we are on every yeah. single delivery app. So if you're if you're hungry, you're uh, go go look us up and check out the menu. Um, What's cool too is, uh, you know, a little sales pitch here. Um, a lot of those um, food delivery apps, if you're a first time customer, there's an even, you know, better promotional deal of buy one, get one free, this, you know, $10 off this. Um, so, anyways, yeah, we're we're out there. Um, uh, one thing I kind of didn't mention before, we, we do a lot of catering too. Uh, we're not just kind of walk in, you know, if there's, you know, 50, 60, 100 people that are trying to get fed, um, we've looked at the, kind of roughly touch the price point per feeding, you know, 50, 60 people. And there's not a lot of catering um, options that can, you know, touch our, our, our compete with our pricing. So, yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> I agree with that. So. so, and that's part of the reason I like that concept as well is because you've th- thinking about that and the world we're in, people can't afford chefs and people don't want to mess up their whole kitchen when they're cooking Thanksgiving, but they still have, we're coming up on thanksgiving so i'll just put i'll do this for you guys which is like (laughs) from my own personal point of view you're cooking on thursday you don't want to cook on wednesday night or friday night but and you've already spent the mother load on thanksgiving dinner you know and so it's like all right how do i deal with this but not break the bank or have to cook again and clean again and like options like this and catering they're huge because by the time you did it cleaned everything whatever like I said, for a hundred bucks now, you just fed a family, and if there's twelve of you and a hundred bucks or hundred and twenty bucks, like that's a real deal in these days. Yeah, ten bucks it had to fill, yeah. fill fill someone up is so uh, yeah. you can't. Beat it. <laughs> so, all right, thanks, Austin. Thank you, everyone, for you're, listening in. You're uh, welcome, man. Thanks for uh, thanks for having us. Sir. For yeah. Having me. Thank you, and everyone listening in, please share the podcast if you're in the Colorado area, especially Denver and even Littleton. I know we have a lot of fans in Colorado, Denver, and Littleton. You should check out Gambinas. I promise you it's worth it. And get the meatballs also and try the meatball sandwich because it's ridiculous. So, all right. Thank you, everyone.